welcome to the Nerd Party. Welcome to Second Contact. I am one of your co-hosts, Charlene Schmidt, and with me as always is... Tristan Riddell. Tristan Riddell. When we saw the preview for this episode last week, we kind of saw the Star Trek Six trial mm-hmm. kind of aesthetic, and I don't know about you, I got really excited, and I was really looking forward to this episode. It's kind of been a long week for me, and so thank goodness we have lower decks to kind of maybe just... Give us a little bit of time for escapism, to forget about everything that's happening out in the world, and just enjoy ourselves for 25 minutes and some change. Absolutely, yes. It's it's one of those things where we talked about this last week, where it, this is the respite that we need. This is such a funny show. And even when it's not firing on all cylinders, like even when it's an episode when you're like, oh, okay, all right, you know, like that wasn't that, that wasn't the best, that wasn't the greatest, but I still laughed. Sometimes that's all you need. I just want to laugh in the Star Trek universe. Yes, and this show is really doing it for me. This is the joy that I need in 2020. Now, after this episode, we only have two more. I know. And, you know, I'm reaching that point where I'm already a little sad that we know that Lower Decks is coming to an end. We are going to get new Discovery right after, though. So we still get new Trek, and that's fantastic and exciting. But I'm enjoying Lower Decks so much that I just want more Lower Decks. I know. I, I do, too. I kind of wish it was, you know, like there's, it, it's interesting because Rick and Morty, you know, McMahon came from. Yes. They share somewhat similar art styles. There was a rumor, I don't know if it's going to happen, but uh, Rick and Morty is thinking about doing a, 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 a model where they come out with an episode once a month. But it's going to be every month. Oh, no kidding. And I thought, you know what? That's a really interesting distribution model. It is. Has anybody ever done that before? I don't. I, not that comes to mind. Like, not from a narrative standpoint. I don't think so. I mean, like, listeners, if you know of a show that does that where it's once a month year round, please let us know. Uh, what you can do is you can yeah. go to the nerdparty.com slash contact Select second contact and fill out the form. It'll send us an email. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram. Just search the Nerd Party. You can find us on Twitter at Join Nerd Party. You can also find us uh, individually on Twitter. I'm at the Insane Robin, and I am at Oh the Profanity. And that is, by the way, the best way to second contact me. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I think we should probably get going. Let's uh, yeah. Like, let's let, let's get into this because this episode okay. is kind of all over the place. So uh, we oh, need wait, to have wait, our wait. wits about us. So, are you saying that you didn't really like this episode? Did you think it was a hot mess? I am not saying any of that at this particular juncture. I may feel that way. (laughs) I may not feel that way. But even if you like it or dislike it, you have to admit, it is all over the place. Well, I mean, we do a lot in very little time. This episode isn't even 26 minutes, like a lot of them have been. So, it's, I don't know, I think it's pretty packed. I think it's pretty solid. Most of the Lower Decks episodes are, but we're really doing it here. Well, I mean, even Rutherford's storyline, by definition, is all over the place. Well, this is very true. That's all okay. I mean. Okay, That's all I let's mean. get into the episode. Let's go. All I'm right. ready. <laughs> okay, so folks, uh, as if this is your first time, what we do is we say three, two, one, and press play. So you need to queue up the episode. We are queuing the episode up after the CBS All Access logo. Again, that's after the CBS All Access logo. 
So That's if right. you're on your computer, your Xbox, your Apple TV, your phone, whatever it is, go ahead and cue that up. And we're going to say three, two, one, play. All right. Are you ready, Shar? I am ready. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one, play. Boom. So I want you to look real close, real close. This shot, okay. there's a balloon on the stoop. <gasps> you know what? I didn't notice that. That ah, was the first the thing giveaway. I noticed. And it ruined the whole episode for me. <laughs> did it really? Okay. I did not notice it. And therefore, I was not spoiled as to the <laughs> twist at the end here. So I was into this. I was debating in my head, oh, prison or dungeon? Prison or dungeon? Just like they are yeah. right now. Yeah, and like you knew immediately that like because they kept questioning it, like there was going to be some sort of twist. But with the balloon on the stoop out front, I was just like, oh, it's going to be a party. It's going to be some sort of celebration <laughs> and that's going to be the twist. So it didn't ruin the episode, but it definitely ruined the twist for me. <laughs> Aw, that's too bad. But they put it there on purpose. They want, you know, like they're, they wanted people to know like, okay, like. They, I think they didn't want people to notice right away up until like a rewatch. That's true. That's true. But then if you are savvy enough to be paying attention, you kind of know that's where they're headed. And mm -hmm. then it's just a matter of how you get there. And like you said, right. it's not necessarily ruining it for you. It's just, you know, all right, we're going on a journey, aren't we? And that's precisely what happens in this episode. I'm just so god dang observant. How dare you pay attention so critically? My goodness. Just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> That's something I enjoy about this show, though, is just how much they do put into this show. If you're really paying attention, there's something in practically every frame that you can find that you maybe didn't see the first time, the second time, maybe even the fifth time. I mm -hmm. love the rewatch value. Because I'm not as observant as you are. I'm going to notice new things every time I watch this show. And I'm going to. I already am planning on rewatching this show so many times over as we await the second season. This would be an easy one to do start to finish, I think. Because I there's think only so. 10 episodes and it's so short. Right. Yeah. So like, like we talked about, this is immediately giving you Undiscovered Country vibes. Very much so. I mean, I'm expecting them to be going to Ruapenthe any moment now. Like, so much so that I wasn't sure if these were actually Klingons or not. I question that, too. Like, are these Klingons or are these another alien species? Because this guy has kind of like the uh, Chang vibe, even. Yeah, if it wasn't for the green and maybe the, the Irish shape. Like, it made me think, like, yeah. maybe he was an alien advocate, but yet they were at a Klingon court. I don't know. Right. Or is this another whole variation of Klingons that we don't know about? Speaking of undiscovered country, this is Kurtwood Smith, the oh. the, uh, the 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 actor who is playing this this advocate um, that we think is an advocate. That's Kurtwood Smith, who played the president of the Federation in Undiscovered Country. Oh my God, that is such a good observation. Nice. And he also he also played Anorax in Year of Hell. That's right. And also Red in that '70s show. <laughs> nice. Now, I wonder, though, did they approach him to play this role specifically for that handy-dandy connection, or was it just pure coincidence? I don't know. I think it could go either way. Yeah, because, I mean, he's no stranger to Star Trek. So, Rogadanar, I love that they're having a conversation arguing about who's more badass, Rogadanar or Khan. Yes, this is nerd 
arguments on the internet at their finest because it's all subjective and a matter of opinion, right? But they're going to go into every little detail, just like we nerds do. They are us. <laughs> Get the out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in the bleeping. subtitles, when Tindy says thick, thick chest, it's spelled T-H-I-C-C. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> so slang is getting into Star Trek. I, I do love that Boimler here, he, he gets mad at Rutherford. He did. Because I like that they all kind of like get mad at each other. They they rib on each other. It's not just Boimler getting frustrated with Mariner or Mariner getting frustrated with Boimler. Like they're all friends. We all have that, oh, Rutherford. You know, like we all have that right. moment where we get pissed with our friends. Can we all agree that Rutherford should not program anything for a good long time? He's screwing up, man. I'd get mad at him too. Just dude, no. They immediately, like when they said they're like, oh, you reprogrammed this? And they didn't even say like, oh, you broke it. They just immediately assumed that he broke it and then <laughs> ran away. See, this is why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're crawling. They're literally crawling on the bridge. <laughs> I, I did that a, more than a couple of times in college. Like you, I would, You crawled I would, on the bridge? No, I, I crawled on the floor to sneak in so <laughs> that I wouldn't get counted as late. Oh, wow. I never did try that tactic. I just, I guess I had no shame. Like, yeah, I'm late. What you going to do about it? Yeah, I, w I went to a, a strict private college that mm. wasn't very loosey-goosey with show up or don't. So you were kind of a Boimler? I went to a college that Boimler would thrive at. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, so... <laughs> Poor Boimler. I in these moments, it's it's so funny because I know that it's a comedy and it's supposed to be, you know, like it's supposed to be how about how Lower Decks screw up and everything like that. But there's in these moments, I just want Boimler to succeed. I want him to impress <laughs> the senior staff. He will get his redeeming moment, just not here, where it really could count. Right? He's on the bridge. The bridge officers are asking him, and he can't play it cool. That's just who he is. Even. Ransom is telling him, son, you're embarrassing yourself. Now, how embarrassing is that? Yeah. Ouch. Now, I, whenever I hear Ransom, I don't hear Jerry O'Connell. I don't know don't? what the deal is. I don't hear his <laughs> voice. Hmm. I don't know if he's putting on a voice or if I really don't understand what Jerry O'Connell sounds like. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know. Now, okay, I have a question for you. I did not go into Memory Alpha and really research this yet, but have we ever had the whole thing where sending a message is actually firing phasers? Is that a real thing that has happened before? I think it, I don't know if it's necessarily something that has happened in Star Trek before. I could be wrong, but I think it's just that, that whole kind of badass mob mentality like we're gonna send him a message you know he's sleeping with okay. the pictures you know like i think it's just one of those things where no one no one says in that kind of way like let's send him a message as in like oh yeah let's invite him to dinner <laughs> yeah <laughs> also another star trek 6 reference i think they're putting in there is guess who's coming to dinner but i wasn't sure i had to ask just i had that feeling where maybe we had heard that before maybe some other previous captain had done that but i couldn't think of who or when yeah. so listeners if you're out there and there is an example out there please tell me what it is please tell me i'm not crazy so rutherford's first name is samanthan yes i made a notation <laughs> of that that's an interesting name samanthan not samantha samanthan no. so not the masculine Sam. version i guess not samuel yeah 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 
Just like Brad, like just like Brad is not Bradley, it's Bradford. Yes, yes, I'm sensing a theme here. Yeah, I think we're, we'll probably see that again. So it makes me wonder, Beckett instead of Becca? Huh? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. So, I, I just kind of like Beckett. Again, I thought we were going to get an answer here about if it was elective surgery. Or if it was an accident, but we still don't have any more backstory on his implant. Nope, we sure don't. And, okay, I'm really wondering, okay, he's going to mention needles with it, with shots. Are your shots up to date? Wouldn't you get a hypospray? You'd think. I mean, I don't like needles. I don't mind them necessarily, but a hypo seems a lot friendlier. Why would you not do that? Maybe they don't. Maybe, maybe it's because they don't call it shots anymore. Like with hyposprays, they don't say like, I need a shot of a hypospray. Maybe I'm wrong. Or they just say like, I need a hypospray. Have you had your mm. hyposprays? Like maybe that's the new saying or something. Huh. Yeah. So we get a Denobulin reference here. We sure do. Yes, we do. We also get Spock and Spock. I guess that's <laughs> a very common name on Vulcan. And so they're doing the whole voyage home thing where they're covering their ears, but Rutherford's <laughs> only covering one ear. Right. They are doing it wrong. Well, no, it's, no, they, like they're only covering one ear because he has a Vulcan mechanic, like his mechanical oh, ear is a Vulcan ear. Right, right. That's true. And that's a super cute touch. Again, they're just throwing in all the little details. Now we're about to get a whole bunch of them in this upcoming shot, like a whole bunch of ships that we should recognize. Oh my gosh, yes. There was a Ferengi shuttle back there and behind them is the first contact ship. Yes. And some, a TOS and TNG shuttle. Yeah. And we have the fan dance. We have the fan dance. And I think up there we saw like a, um, I'm totally blanking on the name. The uh, crap. Oh, I'm not sure Never what mind. you're talking about. I'll have to move about. on. Like up in the top left, there's a, there's a ship. It's in the, they make a net. And, oh, um, golly. I'm not and, sure. And they made I do have to TOS. say, <sighs> fan dance wise, oh man, Uhura did it way better. <laughs> it's just. It's so weird. That's just like, that's their go-to. Like, because Uhura did it, they're like, oh, this should work in any situation. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why not? I mean, if it ain't broke. <laughs> I do love that his uh, system has to update Klingon fonts. Why would I need that? It's <laughs> so funny. Mark Twain's got a gun. So I, I feel that way about like, you know, the zap of wingdings and stuff like that. What, do you ever use those? Uh, just to test my fonts, really. Mm. So with this ship... Um, I thought that there was going to be some sort of Picard connection with this oh. old Romulan ship. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Because we see that, you know, like in uh, in Picard, because it was yes. a stolen a stolen Romulan bird of prey, an old Romulan bird of prey. So I thought, hey, maybe that they they lost track of it or something, or mm. like it got stolen from them, and we have no idea what happened to it. I, that's where my brain went. Okay. My brain did not go there. However, I'm thoroughly enjoying the Gorn wedding because in the background is Vasquez Rocks. <laughs> and I can say that I've been there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it really is cool. If you're ever in Southern California, make the trip. It's maybe about an hour out, depending on traffic. It's super nice. Just walk around, enjoy the scenery. Some good stuff there. I love how frustrating the the advocate got how frustrated he got because like while he's telling the story all of us are kind of like how what 
what is going on? Like, how is he at a Gorn wedding? What does this have to do with Yeah, for real. Honestly, I mean, if you're just following Rutherford's story straight through, you would just think this was a bad, bad dream, right? Where he keeps passing out and he's in a different situation. What is going on here? I, I think Tindy's kind of becoming my favorite. Really? How come? I don't know. I just, I love her enthusiasm. Um, I feel like she's Tilly done right. Oh, interesting. Okay. Where she has a lot of enthusiasm. She's very competent and she's nervous, but she's not annoying. Mm. Does Tilly annoy you? Oh my gosh. Yes. She doesn't annoy you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought she was written specifically to annoy, <laughs> like oh, especially in season I mean- two. Maybe she was, but no, she doesn't annoy me. She's just very enthusiastic, kind of like Tendi is. I, I'm curious to, I've not really heard a whole lot from people, whether or not they find Tendi annoying. I know people do find Tilly annoying, mm-hmm. but I'm wondering how many other people make that connection. Is there a difference? Like, do people favor one over the other? That'd be an interesting comparison. I love this. Like, we, it's a silent moment. It's uh-huh. a silent moment. She's not performing for anyone. That's no. Beckett. That is, that's Mariner on her own. She's like, I never get to clean the conference room. Like, she wants to. <laughs> and why? Why are lint rollers a thing in the 24th century, by the way? <laughs> we have not improved upon this really awful technology. I mean, I have cats. I use lint rollers like, like crazy. We can't do better. I'm really disappointed. I've had to use... Oh, I've actually had to use a lint roller in my own conference rooms at work. Because people bring in their cat hair with them. Yeah. I'm like, ugh, ugh. Uh, yeah, you can't help it when you have cats. It's just their fur is omnipresent. That's just the way that is. And I feel like this is a very sympathetic moment. Like, we can all relate to this because she is just basking in the joy and just talking to herself in her head uh-huh. and not paying attention whatsoever. And you're like, oh, crap, I should be paying attention. Oh, I do that all the time. <laughs> I also appreciate just the uh, exuberant use of bleeping in this sequence, where it's to redact the details, but also the swearing. And you had to pay—you have to pay attention to the noise of the bleep to figure out when they're swearing and when it's just redacted. Yes, it's very well done. I enjoy it thoroughly. Yeah. So I love that their eyes are redacted, so that yeah. you can't recognize them. That's such a nice touch. Yeah, that's it's so good. Hilarious. So good. Also, when they're being scanned, why is it, why do you have to be quiet for that? Are they going to detect voice patterns? Also, this really confuses me because I don't know if we're getting the right angle or are they trying to say that the the warbirds are that much bigger than the bird of praise? Because once like look at that. Scale-wise, yeah, they are apparently. Really? I guess so. Because yeah. I always thought it was kind of analogous to how big the galaxy class is to the Constitution class. But this looks like a shuttle compared <laughs> to... It really does. You know? Man, I, I, I'll have to look it up. But that's crazy. I never knew that. No, I had no idea either. Also, Tindy is freaking adorable in that outfit. She really is. It suits her. Also, I'm, I'm loving that we're getting to see more Andorians. We really should see more Andorians in Star Trek. Absolutely, we should. They were one of the founders. And I'm glad we're going to in Discovery. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's going to happen. Exciting. Yeah. S- some real up mind games. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, I like the whole idea of reconnaissance missions a little bit more. I, I know that I know that some series are better than others about staying away from militarizing Star Trek too much. I get it. Yes. I get it. We don't want to like they are the military, but they aren't. Blah 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 blah. Uh huh. Um, yeah. But I feel like we could definitely see more of these types of missions where they're dressed in all black. They're trying to sneak in because, like in TNG, I know that these uniforms came from TNG. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, like, even when they were trying to sneak in, like, they're all wearing bright blue and bright red and gold. Like, <laughs> yeah, come on, guys. No. And it's like walking through with a phaser. <laughs> yes. I loved that Tendi got to capitalize on one of the tropes in Star Trek that's always annoyed me the most, which is one Starfleet officer taking on multiple other aliens, the so-called enemy, and taking yeah. them down. And then she just goes back to cleaning. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I love that our guy here, his name is Clar, calls mm-hmm. out the fact, no way did you do martial arts on all those people. <laughs> really? No. <laughs> Today did not have to end in eels. It really didn't, but you're going to make it so. <laughs> yeah, that's probably one of my favorite, my favorite quotes is, tonight didn't need to end in eels. <laughs> <laughs> Why eels of all things? That's not exactly explained, I guess, just because. I don't know, but I love creepy. Mariner's comment about, like, every once in a while, I love how she, she calls out what the audience is thinking. Like, yes. why would you have burners on the eels? That's redundant. <laughs> <laughs> and she's so right. Now, here is where Boimler gets to shine. He gets to redeem everything. Right. Yes, this was him kind of... This was him shining. This was him having, you know, being fed up. And I, yes. I appreciate that. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of nice to see him get his moment. Just because Mariner knows how to shine, she can handle herself in a crisis. We know that. He, on the other hand, is coming through at a critical point and getting his due as well. Also, I really like this conversation, just even a broader scope level of the Star Trek universe, where yes. it's your Starfleet, you're the best of the best. You yes, guys are always in control. Yeah, yeah. He, he straight up says that. We have talked about that and used that phrase many times. And there's Oh, Q. countless times. <laughs> we can't yeah. miss Q. No, we really can't. We knew that this was coming. If you were listening to the Star Trek Day panels, they kind of, you know, they more than hinted at it. They told us blatantly. Nevertheless. I didn't really like this. No? I liked that Q appeared. Uh-huh. I like that Q was messing with them. I think if he was just straight up messing with them, that'd be great. But I didn't like that they went the whole you're on trial for humanity thing. It's it's the Q trope. Humanity's always on trial. He's going to make people do crazy, ridiculous things to quote unquote prove themselves. Now, I do want to see Q, the soccer ball, face off against Badgie. I think <laughs> that I would pay real money to watch that and see how that went down. And once again, Ransom... Not exactly the ladies' man that he wishes he was. This scene, however, Dr. Tana, not even realizing that she's on the wrong ship, (laughs) cracks me up. This was funny because I thought it was going to be where she was actually right, where people switch places. Like, nope, it's just everybody kind of looks. Yes, if it were TNG, she'd be right. But no, this is Lower Decks. (laughs) 
Now, I love this where I need you to tell me that the senior officers are infallible heroes. This is what we've come to expect out of Star Trek, where they do don't know everything. They are in control. And this is the lower decks twist. No, they are not. They're actual imperfect beings who are just trying to make their way like everybody else. Now, the giant Spock on Phylos, is that a animated series reference? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So animated series, is uh, that a, di- a direct? Yes. You know, plot point got referenced uh-huh. in another animated show. That's right. Yeah. I do appreciate that they're pulling from all the iterations of Star Trek to make their references. Drumhead was his Drumhead. mic drop. It was. I need that to become a thing. Like I want people to do that <laughs> on, uh, like, on Twitter, where they, where they, like, somebody's on trial for something, or there's an argument, and like, you drop the mic and and you just do hashtag drumhead. <laughs> there we go. I think you and I can make that happen. I Let's think we start, need to start it. Doing that. Yeah. yeah. If nobody else does, we will. But yeah, like as we were talking about earlier, and as we've talked about so many times, is that we are spoiled by the best of the best. Voyager is the best of the best. Enterprise, like Picard is the best of the best. DS9. These are all headlining captains who make history and save Earth. And of course, these people are going to be obsessed with them. The Cerritos is not them. The Cerritos is not the Enterprise. No, no. The Cerritos is what they wish or like the Enterprise is what the Cerritos wishes it could be. Right. And that's why they keep referencing it. And that's why they keep screwing up is because they're not. (laughs) The best right. of the best. They're Starfleet Academy grads, which makes you, you know, great in that in that vein. But that doesn't mean that you're better than Riker. It doesn't mean you're better than Picard or Cisco or Janeway, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I mean, there are, I'm sure there are fairly exceptional people among their, their the, the, the galactic universe. I almost said amongst humans, but there's more yeah. than humans in the Federation and Starfleet. It, but they are, yeah, they're not perfect. And that's okay. I love that. I got married here. This is one of our nicest silos. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't even get to do any etching, but other people got to etch. So, yeah, this is this is when my suspicions were confirmed. Yep. Yeah, we've got streamers. We've got the whole... <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that she, they just start screaming over each other. Like, yes. you did it. You did me an eels. <laughs> and then cut. It's great. That's kind of how this scene ends as well between the senior officers and the lower deckers. Starts off, oh, we're going to be more transparent, a little more clarity. We'll let you know what's going on. We're in the loop. And then it it's going to end with, no, no, not going to tell you a darn thing. Dismissed. And I get it. I mean, writing detailed reports has got to be boring. It's a lot of work. I wouldn't want to do it either. It's it's interesting to me because I've always kind of wondered how starships have to disseminate information like uh-huh. about their missions and everything like that. So how does it work? Does like the captain tell the senior staff, the senior staff tells the department heads, and the department heads tell their staff? And or is there like an email system? Because in, like, I'm rewatching season one of TNG, and mm-hmm. Picard, in season one, Picard did a lot of shipwide announcements about mm. what was going on. And we saw in Star Trek 2009, where they, they asked Chekhov to, like, give a shipwide announcement, and he did it as, like, a video chat. Yeah. And so it makes you wonder, like, what, how, what, what's one method that 
they do to disseminate information like that. And I love that they just shut down Q here. They're just like, nope, we're not dealing with it. Yeah, Mariner is not having it. Which makes you wonder, how often does Q go around just randomly harassing Starfleet officers across all sorts of ships? It's not just Picard. It sounds like Q might even be a little bored with Picard right now. So I guess he's looking for other avenues. We just saw Da Vinci and Da Vin- and I, so that we're going to have a Voyager callback here. I yes. am so freaking excited for this episode. Like, I literally yeah. put my hands over my mouth. Like, oh my God, they're doing a movie episode. Yeah. Look at all the lens flares. <laughs> Look at all. It's like, it has like lens film flares. scratches and everything like that. It's an anamorphic widescreen. It's, yeah. oh my yeah. gosh, I, I can't, I can't wait. <laughs> Your nerd heart is so happy right now. I can see it bleeding through the screen. I'm I am so excited for all the references to the movies that we're gonna get. And because that's the thing, is if I had a holodeck, I would say, put me in Star Trek 2. You know, like <laughs> like you know, like put me in the voyage home, put me in first contact. Like I would play that story. Honestly, I hope someday when VR becomes a more inexpensive and more widespread thing, I'm hoping that it is, first mm-hmm. off. But if and when it does. Wouldn't it be amazing to use that to play out your own Star Trek adventures? Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I mean like, that would yeah. be the closest thing to the holodeck I think we might get within our lifetimes. And Probably. so I'm really hoping technology lets that happen. How cool would that freaking be? Now, what I got out of the preview was that this was going to be kind of a Barkley-esque holodeck adventure. Oh, really? Oh, I Yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's going to be a straight up Wait, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Where, okay, it's Boimler kind of recreating the Cerritos and the crew. Well, Barkley did that. Okay. Oh, okay. I, I get what you're saying. Like, I was thinking like, oh, they get like sucked in and addicted or something like that. Oh, no, not necessarily that aspect of it. Just, no, he he's going to recreate the crew for his own adventures. And then I guess maybe to hang out with uh, what he feels would be his ideal self interacting with the crew in that sort of situation, like he did it with Voyager's crew, that gotcha. sort of thing. Okay. Okay. So gotcha. we're going gotcha. to live his fantasies to some extent. Okay. That's what I get out well, of it. So what did you think of this episode overall? All right. For Veritas, I feel like this is peak lower decks thus far. This is lower decks being lower decks as hell. Because <laughs> you've got all the good stuff here. We have the chock-full references to other things in Star Trek all over the place. Has plenty of laugh-out-loud moments. It capitalizes on Trek tropes and gives them the Lower Decks twist. I mean, it's got it all going on for it. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. How about you? I um I thought it was a lot of fun. I don't think I... I didn't fall in love with it as much as I thought I was going to. I, I definitely, for me, I don't think it's the best. It's not my favorite. I did think it was a little all over the place. Uh, it was probably maybe, I know that that was the thing. Like that's the, that's what they were toying with. Like that's the structure of the episode. But I felt like it was a little too crazy at times. Like there was almost too much going on. Um, hmm. I didn't like uh, the the Q humanity thing like uh, there there's certain times like I understand you're exactly right they're playing with that trope but the thing to me is that that was something that was specific to Picard and and his no, it crew wasn't. like yes it was <laughs> yes it was maybe, well maybe the trial on humanity maybe but I kind of feel like he he did the same with Janeway just not so much with exact words 
Well, no, no, no. Like he he wasn't testing Janeway for like. Uh, oh, he, he tested testing, her. <laughs> he wasn't testing her for humanity. Like he wasn't putting humanity on trial. That's I what I'm suppose. saying. Like he's still he still messed around with her. Like he still like toyed with her, and he wanted her aspect of humanity to be injected into the Q continuum and everything like that. So humanity played a role. Like the essence of humanity played a role. But the idea that humanity is on trial, as in Picard is representing humanity, that's what I didn't like. I understand that it's a joke. Nobody, please don't send me any emails. Like, I understand <laughs> that it's a joke and it's playing with the trope because, uh, Shar, you're absolutely right. They're playing with the trope. Yeah, that's all it is to me. But it made it, like, it's just kind of like, eh. Like, no, that's just for Picard. Like, if he was just screwing with um, the Cerritos, just like like throwing him on the game board, and that'd be fine in my in my head like if he wasn't wearing the judge outfit and was just like screwing with him saying like toying with him and throwing them into a, a virtual reality thing where they had to play a game i would be 100 percent okay with everything else it's just the fact that he said he's like i'm testing humanity you're on trial for humanity that's where i was just like eh, no don't do that huh okay i saw the whole thing as a joke and therefore i was okay with it i was rolling with it i'm like this is q being q this is what q does I was also pissed off in Q2 in Voyager when they all, when the Q Continuum showed up in those robe uniforms, like the, the so, judge uniforms too. Because I was just not, like, that's, eh, that's not a thing. It's not like that's the Q's uniforms, you know? Like, it's, <laughs> Well, I mean, maybe I, I, with this is Star Trek. We do play with monoculture all the time. This is just, yeah, he's not reserving the robes just for Picard. Sorry. I, I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> Okay, any other thoughts you want to put out there? Where does this rank for you in terms of I you know, I don't I don't know. Like I need to go through and kind of organize them in my head a little bit better. Okay, but like generally, is it higher, lower, middle of the road? Middle. I think it's middle. I think it's okay. definitely middle. Like in and I don't say that in a bad way. I don't I don't think it's a middle of the road episode. I think Lower Decks has been better than it has not been. Yeah, oh I agree. The bar is pretty high set so even an okay episode of lower decks is still pretty freaking good now in our the nerd party all of the hosts we have a, a slack channel where we all talk about star trek star wars books movies everything like that and we have a new release spoiler filled channel um and it's been been used for lower decks right now and the first comment i saw was well that was a lot of fun the second comment i saw was that was effing terrible <laughs> Oh, wow. So prediction, this is going to be all over the place, kind of like how you see the episode in terms of fan reaction. Some people are going to absolutely love it, like I did. Other people mm -hmm. are going to think it's the worst episode of Lower Decks. I would, I would, I'm really interested to see that because like I even chimed in on the channel where I said basically what I said here. I said, I was like, yeah, it was kind of all over the place. The story was maybe had a bit too much, not enough focus, but it was still really fun and enjoyable. And I even said, I was like, effing terrible in quotations. I was like, that's a bit of an indictment, I think. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to get on the Slack channel and check that out because I haven't gotten there yet this morning. Okay, <laughs> well, I am i don't know if I want to get on Twitter today or not and check this out, the overall reaction. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well, guys, that is our commentary and final thoughts for Veritas Episode 8 of Lower Decks. And we only have two more left. Only wow. two more. I didn't want this podcast to end in eels, but here we are. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what, man. We're going to have to get out of here for the week because other people got to etch. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party. <laughs>